Hey everyone, welcome to the Life Unplugged podcast. This is James and Terry Kraft coming to you from sunny Southern California. Are you looking for an opportunity to join the discussion with two people who have traveled the real and vulnerable road of marriage recovery, ministry, family life, and leadership? Well, our hope is for you to journey with us through each episode to a discovery of what it means to live a faith-filled life in an honest, authentic, and unhindered way. So we encourage you to set aside life's distractions and stresses and get comfortable with us as we discuss Life Unplugged. Hi, this is James and Terry Kraft here at the Life Unplugged podcast. And we're excited about being here with you today in sunny Southern California, where the wind is blowing like crazy outside. Yes, and it's so, a blustery day. It's a blustery day, yeah. <laughs> when we say blustery day in the fall, that always doesn't always bring like a, a good feeling because typically that ushers in fires. And so we're praying off the fires and yes. for not here right now. Absolutely. And yes, we're really excited about today talking about attachment and why that's important for us to understand that. Um, especially in relation to relationships. So, yeah. Well, Terry, I remember at first when I heard attachment, I'm like, what the heck is attachment? And Mm -hmm. what does that mean to me in relationships? And I know that uh, we we heard it at Connect With Relationships and how we are developed as a person in a young age Mm -hmm. um, and how that impacts even our relationships, our marriage, even with our kids today. And so I think it's important that we really kind of unpack that a little bit to kind of explain what is attachment? Go ahead and walk yeah. them through what that means, um, what we've learned along the way. Yeah. And you know what? It's really good. What we're really hoping for our listeners to get out of today, and we're going to do a, a multiple part um, uh, to this. Not only are we going to talk about attachment, but we're going to talk about you know how that impacts our, our connection or our communication in relationships, especially in marriage. But we often don't understand how the impact of how our attachment story um, really has sort of a daily, um, it kind of comes out daily in how we relate to others. Um, If we had a really strong attachment with our caregivers, our moms, our dads, um, we really have the ability to sort of hold ourselves securely um, to, to self-soothe properly. We talked about with Kristen, some of those coping skills, good, healthy ones. Um, and or connect with others in, in a way that's that's secure, we can do that. But if we didn't get that or that was hindered or there was some hiccups there, it can really be difficult and we will communicate through that lens. And if we don't as a couple understand sort of our attachment styles, it can be very confusing. Most definitely. You know, and I think if you're listening right now, you might think, but still, what is attachment though? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And how is that developed? You know, as um, it starts off when we're very young, you know, especially with our, our foo, we say foo, which means our family of origin, our mom and dad, specifically a lot of times with moms, because mom's the nurturer, you know, we can't say that dads aren't because dads can be our nurturers as well. But mom really has that nurturing connection with their infants. And so it really is a time where, you know, a parent would attune to their child. They would uh, listen and hear even when a child's crying for needs and having, having needs, they would respond to that rather than disregard and push away, you know, or, you know, we, we look at um, how parents would, you know, mirror what they're feeling. I, I noticed, I, I watched that video one time of a mom kind of mirroring what the child was responding, even in ha- being happy or sad, and the mom would respond to it and it would bring, it brings comfort and 
peace to a child when the mother would have responded that way. But if there's a lack there, then there's a lack of attachment that a child has with their parent. And so they start to learn whatever insecurities or strengths or securities um, in that attachment format as a young child, which then develops into a young adulthood, adulthood, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really important. And I think that um, we don't always understand um, all of the places because we don't remember. I mean, I don't right. remember. I don't remember everything that happened to me as a child. I don't remember all the things that maybe my mom or my dad were going through that might've impeded them from being able to mirror my feelings back um, to me. Maybe they were distracted because of work or they they were going through some traumatic situations. And, and, you know, if I didn't get that mirroring, then basically what happens is, is there's kind of some um, insecurities in my identity and, you know, that can really be an impactful thing. And then what happens is, is we, we kind of hit a wall maybe as a young adult or an adult when we have issues in our relationships or in our profession, or we could, you know, be, um, be just having some, some personal, um, hangups and we're going, what is going on? And then we have to look kind of deep into that story and, and, and discover. So what we're hoping that our listeners will do in this first, uh, segment that we're going to be talking about attachment is pause for a moment and just kind of think through your attachment story. What did it look like for you um, What that you can remember? You know, what did it look like? Were you, did you feel secure in your home? Right. Did you feel like when you had feelings or when you had um, emotions um, that it was sort of like, you know, mirrored back to you? Help, validated. Validated. Yeah. All those things that we need. Was that part of your of your story or, or was it not? Right. You know what? I remember just uh, um, some years ago, I was told by somebody who was very dear to us, and this person says, James, you have an attachment disorder. And I thought, how dare you <laughs> identify that with me? And I was almost offended by it. But the more I learned about it, it wasn't a bad thing that, she, that this person said this to us. It was just bringing identification or understanding of, James, you were lacking in some areas of as, as a child. It didn't wasn't bad mouthing my family or this or that. It just it, it pointed out a reality that there was you know in my home it was busy. I was the last child um, born and uh, the youngest, and so there was it was just kind of chaotic sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, there was and, health issues going on. There was total. It was yeah, yeah. There was things happening. And so they, my parents did the best they could with what they had, but in the meantime, there were some <laughs> things that weren't mirrored well with me, and there was things that I had to kind of figure out on my own. Uh, you know, and so it was important to, to look back at that and say, oh, well, no wonder why that got transferred into relationships is my, in my adulthood, it, you know, our relationship in our marriage, but also relationship with friends and even coworkers and staff members that it actually created some kind of challenges that I had to work through because I didn't know what healthy attachment was all about. Mm-hmm. And so it was important for, for, cause somebody might be listening today and they're thinking, uh, what does this have anything to do with me? Or, you know, what does this mean? And right now, if you hear some of the things that we say, my hope and prayer is that you don't feel ashamed by it, that you just connect with it. That's why I would even open up and talk about a disorder or attachment disorder, because some of you need to hear it, me say that out loud, that I was identified with it so that you might be able to connect with the brokenness in your attachment. Sometimes what we do is we try to cover it up and we just kind of Mm -hmm. just, you know, make it sound better than it really was rather than look at it for what it really is. Yeah. It's not, 
bad because you can work on this and and learn what healthy attachment really is Mm -hmm. and really rework the neural pathways in your brain. Yeah. That's the cool thing about this. Yeah. I hear a lot of hope in that statement. Yeah. Which is really great. Um, And there's, there's really essentially three uh, kind of forms of attachment and what we're going to talk about that. Um, There's all kinds of different, you know, um, information on, um, attachment styles. There's, you know, some rope cord that there are four attachment styles. We're just going to stick with three to make it simple. Um, and it's basically secure attachment, anxious attachment, and avoidant attachment. And, uh, both James and I have done a lot, uh, through the Townsend Institute and Townsend Leadership. Yeah. And, um, Dr. Townsend is, is really uh, a strong attachment um, sort of theorist in the way that he's even written his model. And I remember him when he was sitting with us once and he said, if all else fails when you're working with a client, go back to attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they're having struggles with people, if they're having struggles with their personal life and or with their performance, it almost always will go back to their attachment story and the fears lies or something that came out of that you know terry i i work you know you and i both work with people who have dealt with addictions and a lot of abuse not physical but the just the emotional and the chemical or the sexual and we always have to go back to that attachment you know because what lack there was you know because now translated into the marriage that they have today or the relationships even the business executives that I work with today, if you really go down to the source of it, there is a huge, um, if you want to look at the attachment, because a lot of times we look at even the business world, you know, as I, I've been working with some business executives, um, we think, well, what does it have to do with it? Well, the personal always impacts the professional. And we have to look at, it's like, well, what is your personal being and how was it developed? And it's going to translate into the workforce as well as you work with peers. And and so it's really interesting. And I hope and pray that everybody who's listening today can just be curious enough mm-hmm. to step back and do some investigating about their own attachment and how that operates and how they live that out with mm-hmm. those around them. That's great. And, so, and you and I will talk a little bit after we kind of set this up, we'll even talk about our styles and how that has impacted yeah. us and continues to, if Still we're not to this aware. Day. Yep. But the first one is secure attachment. And, you know, James, do you want to kind of talk about that? Well, you know what, this is important where, you know, if your parents were present with you and attuned to you, you know, and they were able to uh, be there with you and soothe, help bring some soothing uh, with you uh, as a child, there, there's a really important thing. You know, when a kid, when a baby starts to cry, you know, we're not just supposed to throw them in a bedroom all by themselves and, and say, hey, deal with yourself you know, and self-suit. They don't know how. So we have to kind of teach them how. Now, we got to be very careful because children can be manipulative, you know, (laughs) but we have to teach them how to self-soothe. But in that attachment from a parent to a child, it helps them desire or understand. A lot of times in the old days, uh, or just even when I was growing up, if you cried, you got sent to your room and you isolated from people. And in doing that, you didn't learn how to connect with people in the time of trauma or a time of insecurities or fears or sadness. And so there was no attachment taken on with the relationship with those around you. You had to go figure it out yourself. Mm. And so when you have healthy or secure attachment, you have people who are reliable and who are there and who looked at you and attuned to where you're at, your sadness. They can learn how to be sad with you. You know, to, when you're happy, they attune to your happiness and they can be happy, happy with you. They are able to reflect those things and really connect. And then you're able to have a secure relationship. I'll tell you, 
Those who have a, a secure attachment have healthy relationships around them. And you can see it in their friendships, their marriages, their family, and they have healthy attachment in their kids as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to see how that's been lived out or it can be lived out today. Absolutely. Well, and that, you know, of course, that's what we we work to um, to be within that that healthy attachment structure. You and I would say that, yes, we live in this secure attachment, um, you know, place most of the time. But I think that we do sometimes if we're not aware, we'll, we'll go back into our sort of our more primal coping strategy. Yeah. But we have the ability to move back into to that secure place because we know now and we're aware. Right. Um, what's really important, I think, for any parent listening here is that, you know what, good enough is really important. Right. We don't have to be perfect here. Right. We're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Even if we have a secure attachment, we're going to make mistakes. But what's really important for children is that we we know that we are not perfect, um, but that we're continuing to do the work we need to do right. so that we feel secure, that we have strong identities so that when a child is going through something, they can go, you know what? You look like you've, you're secure. Mm-hmm. Like you're confident that, that you have strength enough to hold sometimes my emotion and even yours. And, and that I can, I can learn how to trust in that. Well, maybe I can learn how to trust in my own identity. So that's what that secure attachment looks like. Now, again, you know, no perfectionism needed here. Right. We're just kind of presenting what these, you know, um, categories are. A lot of times that people, you know, if you have any kind of professional or professional, no perfectionism Mm -hmm. in your life at all, which I know I do. And so that's something I have to battle. Um, Sometimes perfectionism in, in it, especially with something like this, you can procrastinate in growing in this because it's not perfect. Mm. And my encouragement is don't wait. Just start working towards this and so that you can actually start developing healthy relationships around you, especially if you have kids, because they need healthy attachment with you. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you have to get it down before you start practicing it, you're going to miss the opportunity. Yeah. And so that's my struggle. It's like, oh, I try to figure it all out. Then I'll implement it. No, don't. Yeah. Don't do that. Absolutely. You know, yeah, implement it now. Well, what's going to be really great is after we give these, we'll even talk about how, how are some of the ways that we've learned to become more secure that's right. in our attachment. Well, the next one is anxious attachment. You know, the bottom line is, is even if parents have tried with good intention, you know, to do all the right things, um, you know, there are, depending on our stories, depending on what's going on in life, sometimes um, the the child, ourselves, um, we can kind of have this anxious story, meaning that maybe we grew up in an environment where there was, um, uh, you know, things going on that felt really uh, non-reliable, right? like kind of up and down. Can I really trust my environment? Maybe mm-hmm. there's some real highs, real lows. Um, and it makes me really feel anxious. Yeah. Is that person really going to be there for me? Are relationships reliable? I kind of always have to, f- to seek out and make sure, be assured. Am I okay? Am I okay? Right. So when I, when I have this sort of anxious attachment, I turn into an adult that sort of needs a lot of reassurance that mm-hmm. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And I, sometimes I look to others to do that for me. Right. So that can really lead to, you know, some, some issues. Right. You know, you and I talk about all the time, you know, where there's rupture in life or a relationship, there always needs to be a repair that comes and follows. 
you know, but a lot of people, I know that I experience this as well, is that there's lots of rupture in life and that if you don't experience any kind of repair work, there is a lack of attachment that takes place in that. And so if you had a childhood, you know, where it was just unsettling, there was a lot of tension or even manipulation, you know, or you always feel like you're walking on eggshells every time you walked in the house. There's always that feeling of like, oh my gosh, this is just a horrible experience, a horrible environment. And if you don't have a parental or a leader or kind of a, a uh, an adult relationship with somebody there and they bring that uh, that repair work well then all of a sudden you're always living in this anxious ex- kind of insecure environment well that's going to transfer into the relationships around you now that's my that's my upbringing where i create that was my environment and so when you married me you did choose to marry me, so <laughs> <I sure did. laughs> you inherited my my anxious, you know, attachment style, mm-hmm. which was kind of needy. If I, I I'm gonna say it out loud now because I can oh, be secure you know with what? that. That was really vulnerable. Uh, yes, well it, done. Yeah, <laughs> done a lot of work on that. <laughs> you know, but I know that there was it was very needy in that where I needed a lot of affirmation. You know, that you're okay, you know, and it was almost talking to that little boy in me that that wasn't affirmed or wasn't uh, connected in a um, uh, in a secure environment because it was always insecure. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you looked on the outside of my life as an adult, I looked like a very secure person. You know, I was seeing success. I was able to do this or that. But inside, there's a great deal of insecurity, which got me in a lot of trouble. Mm. Well, I didn't, and I didn't understand that. This is like information. I wish, you know, of course we, we always say that, gosh, we wish we would have known that, but I didn't know that. And so, um, I was the converse with the avoidant attachment, which we're going to talk about next. So we, which is a very common combination to have a husband and wife who are not the same. Um, it kind of creates the perfect storm, doesn't it? So you were looking for a lot of affirmation. Um, you were terrified of abandonment. Yep. Um, and here you were married to uh, a person who dearly loved you, but but dealt with everything in sort of more of an avoidant yeah. uh, strategy. And so you can see, if you're listening, where that led us for sure. Um, so the anxious attachment, you know, is, is really what you've identified with. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I can see that in your, uh, you know, attachment was an avoidance, mm-hmm. you know, and a feeling there was an unsafe place, you know, so you'd kind of, and if you knew us, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you do know us, you know, that there is a deep love with for one another, but it didn't come without the bumps and the bruises along the way. Because what Terry would feel unsafe there, she would push away and she would get busy in doing what she needs to do. And there'd be a lack of attachment there. That's not a judgment on you. It's just, it was an observation of our realities. Yeah. Well, so, a good way to put this is, is that you, you are kind of in a hyper arousal exactly. state and I was more in a hypo arousal state, meaning right. like I was numb. I, I learned how to be kind of numb, checked out, freeze. Um, kind of, you know, go off in, in my own personal, like, you know, fantasy land to like kind of numb out in terms of being avoidant. Um, you know, again, my parents doing the best that they can busy. Um, you know, I had a very wonderful, um, but busy career, uh, mom. And, you know, my dad was not a very, um, connective person, but had a heart of gold, but he himself was most Listen. likely pretty avoidant in his attachment. Yes, yeah. Yeah, he so was. So I didn't have 
a lot of cues there that helped me. So for me, it was kind of like, I kind of felt like the world was unsafe. Um, and I sort of just kind of shut off some of my emotions. I kind of just shut those things down. Even then again, you'd look at me and go, gosh, she's enthusiastic. She's very positive and looks at the world that way. But yet intimacy is very uncomfortable for me. Oh, yeah. And so that was hard. Well, it was scary. I didn't, I didn't mean to say, oh, yeah. yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> We've grown a lot in that area. Yeah. It, but you know what? It was funny when we were first married, you know, intimacy, I wanted connection. I wanted to even physically connected with you. And so I remember, you know, growing up, it was uh, in our house, it was very physical. Now, it wasn't always healthy physical because you get your butt kicked a little bit, you know, and to kind of <laughs> survive, you know, but I was always an affectionate person. And so when I was, when we first got married, I remember I always wanted just to be with you. And you're like, dang, you are needy. What is your back off? You know, and it, it created some insecurities in both of us because you had a hard time connecting with that. But I had a hard time connecting with this, I sense rejection in that. You weren't rejecting. You were just learning how, what does this attachment style look like, mm -hmm. you know, in how we connect with one another. Yeah. And now growing out of that, we've learned what healthy, uh, secure attachment looks like mm -hmm. you know because we didn't know for years of our marriage it kind of took a crisis to kind of wake us up for others i let others into our lives mm -hmm. to kind of help us understand hey let's go down into some of the root systems of your life of where it's been broken and let's help redevelop what healthy roots look like and that is came down to our attachment uh, style yeah well, and that's what we're going to really kind of dive into next time. Um, really, what what are some ways that we can understand first what our attachment style is? Um, there's no judgment there. There's no good or bad here. It just is. Mm -hmm. um, we come at it. We've learned to come at it in a very compassionate and neutral way. Um, when I start to kind of go into my avoidance strategies. I am just neutral, like with myself. Hey, you know what? There it is. I understand why. Um, hey, I have a choice though to make if I really want to be in connected relationship with my husband and you conversely with being anxious. We want, we want our, our listeners to really hear. We really want to be compassionate toward ourselves because we of all, you know, we're on a journey. What we would love for you as a listener to do is, is kind of find yourself in one of these styles um, and and maybe even do a little bit of research on what that looks like. And then we're going to come back next time and talk about some ways that we can work with understanding now that we have some of that awareness. Yeah. We always, when we work with couples and individuals, we, we have to start first with awareness because you can't change what you don't know. Yeah, exactly. So if we can be just a little bit more aware of something then what we can do is we can have some strategies to work with it. Yeah. And and then we might say see some some good change. You know, with this issue, this might be hard for some to actually even talk about, you know, or even to listen to because one you're trying to figure out where do I land in the anxious or avoidant or my secure. You know, and sometimes I I just want to you know, I think Terry said earlier, just be kind to yourself. <laughs> Don't beat yourself up in this. Allow yourself to be open to a conversation and a dialogue because in doing so, you get to discover new things about yourself that you never have discovered before. Mm. And in doing that, oh, it's so refreshing. Now, I say that from personal experience where I've had to allow myself to be curious and not self-judging 
because where I lived so long, I thought oh, I should have this by now. But then I had to allow myself to discover and have kind of that curiosity. Terry uses that word a lot. You know, <laughs> just, be curi- just be curious, <laughs> you know, but to be curious about what's on the other side. Yeah. Well, I have a great um, uh, supervisor that I'm working with right now. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done with my master's in uh, professional counseling. And we have a lot, we have a lot of hours uh, when you're, when you're going through your degree and also getting your licensure. But um, my supervisor, she just said something really good to me because we were talking about how to really help a person identify their attachment style. And, and um, she said, well, we'll ask this person, you know, when something happens that doesn't feel good, you know, maybe it's just maybe even a, a difficult situation that happens uh, at work or even at home. What do they do? You know, do they kind of run and hide? Do they kind of shut off? Do they get sort of that, do they go to that numb place? Do they check out? Um, Or are they, do they kind of feel like they have to fix something or do they have to get something to be okay? Um, And that really helped me kind of understand whether someone kind of drifted toward the avoidant or the attachment Mm. or um, or the anxious. Um, And I think that all of us want to say that that we strive toward the secure. And I would say that, that we, we live there now. Um, but if I am going to be not living in awareness and I'm maybe going to go, um, toward my old strategy. Yeah. You know, avoidant really speaks to me. So, um, so that might help somebody who's listening. How do I figure that out? Yeah. Where do you go when, when things are tough? Do you feel like somebody helped me? I'm not going to be okay. I'm terrified of abandonment. Or do you feel like, well, you know what? I, I'm cool to just check out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I know that when my margins or my bandwidth is gone, is when I lean into my anxious attachment mm-hmm. because I, I, I become needy again. Mm-hmm. When you're, when <laughs> you you're know, tired. It, totally. You're and it's nothing bad. It's just my reality. But the great thing is I've learned how now to acknowledge it or identify with it and then acknowledge it and not live there alone. I'm able to bring others in to say, hey, this is where I'm at. I'm being honest about it. Now I can work on it when I'm not isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. good. Well, I know that this is, we could probably do 10 parts on this because it's so good. But I hope and pray that that those that are listening right now, if you're sitting there, you're thinking, um, this is kind of foreign language to me. Um, that's okay. You know, let's let's go on a journey together. In this next this podcast and the next one, we'll be talking about um, attachment, and we're going to talk really t- dive into how it affects or impacts our relationships uh, on the next one. Mm-hmm. And so, I just want you to be open to that, and 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 like Terry always says, be curious how this applies to you, because we want to see you personally continue to grow. But we know that as you grow, your marriage will grow, or if you're single, you just continue to grow, but your relationships will grow. Mm-hmm. And so if your parents of kids, your kids get to be the recipient of that growth as well. And so we want to continue to push you forward in that growth pattern. That's right. 
So, well, if you want more information, you can visit us at livelifeunplugged.org. Um, we have a lot of information on there, and we have a lot of events and things coming up. We have we a do. we have a conference coming up in South Carolina at the Montage yes. Hotel. Uh, and we have some great speakers that are going to be there and a really cool setup. And um, I just got to say it out loud. I think that's where Justin Bieber got married. So. <laughs> it's a gorgeous, gorgeous resort. And they were able to really accommodate us in a in a way that um, was was great. I mean, the, they they brought their, their normal uh, prices down for us a bit. And it's just beautiful but we're really we're really excited about it it's it's a little different than our intensives the conference kind of opens up the door for people who might not be ready for the the really intense intensive that we normally do Um, and it gives us the opportunity to do a conference in sort of this COVID world in a way that um safe it's safe yeah you know we're going to be uh Um, you know, apart far enough and everybody has kind of their own room and their own space and the the resort is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. So if you want to find out more information, yes, go to livelifeunplugged.org or follow us on Instagram uh, or Facebook. Facebook Got lots of information out there. The early bird registration is coming up. I think it's November 1st. So you're going to want to do that quickly. Um, If not, you know, you're not going to want to miss it. No, you're not. And it's going to be an incredible time. You know, even in this COVID world, we can pull away and, uh, and we can go to a place of connection, That's right. you know, and learn how to grow our marriages, which is going to be fun. Sure I'm looking is. forward to it. So visit us at livelifeunplugged.org. Uh, we're excited about uh, this uh, conversation about attachment and we'll be back next time uh, to continue this conversation and how attachment ties into your relationships. And so we hope you guys have a great day. If you'd like to hear more from us and our special guests, subscribe to this channel or check us out on our website at www.livelifeunplugged.org or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. This podcast is made possible by the generous partnership of individuals and organizations who have donated to the initiatives of Life Unplugged.